message from our lead pastor, Michael Signorelli. Prepare to go C1. I'm going to need you to find that organ sound with that thing. Okay, that'll do. <laughs> She's a Brooklyn hipster. <laughs> How many of you are ready to hear the word of God? No, 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 no. I said, how many of you are ready? Who here is ready? Has anyone's life here been just radically changed by a message that was preached on a Sunday morning? Is there anyone who's ever walked into a church one way and walked out a different way? Am I the only one? Am I the only one who's listened to a sermon or a message and it did something that medication and counseling couldn't even do? Am I the only one? And we're not down in that. That's got its place too. But how many of you know that the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword that pierces into the innermost part of your heart and can do some things? Man, I'm excited. Before you're seated, I want to read to you Galatians chapter 5, verse 6, and it says this, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. So why don't you do this on your way back down to your seat when we re recline you and refine you in these leather seats that we have. Turn to the person next to you and just say, we are better together and you can be seated. Now do me a favor and look at the person that you ignored who's on the other side of you and say, well, I guess we're better together too. You know you picked your favorite in that moment, right? Can we do something right now? Can we just welcome everyone who's listening to the podcast right now? Whether they're sweating in the gym or just pretending to sweat while they're fumbling around with their phone, we're with you. Wherever you're at, do you know that our app downloads were up like 2,700%? We're averaging five downloads per day now for the app. And I believe that people are being impacted by these messages all around the world. And it's incredible. Can we just give it up one more time for my wife, for the worship team, for the loading crew, for everyone who even made this happen? And can we give it up that you didn't have to pay for a ticket to get in today? <laughs> I am just so stoked to do this better together. This message series is going to be absolutely incredible. And I believe that you started your 4th of July party a little bit early by coming to V1 Church this morning. This is the pre-party. Do I have any former Big Ten University students who know about the pre, during, and after party? And so V1 Church is the best way that I believe you can start your week and you can uh, jump off the real party. And so today... I was just tickled as I watched Evan get up there and slam that transition. And I was tickled as I watched Julie just um, throw down some God wisdom about giving and being released from the fear. But guess what? I've got one other surprise for you before we really jump in. Now, you guys know that we're just a bunch of hillbillies from Indiana. And, uh, you know, Haley, Haley was a little offended. She told Chase, she said, Chase, I, if Pastor Mike calls us hillbillies one more time, I swear, he says it every Sunday. And Chase was like, honey, our baby is walking around without clothes in the movie theater right now. <laughs> we are hillbillies. But 
uh, something very special happened in my life three years ago, four years ago, when I went back to Indiana and uh, joined a church called Road to Life Church as the executive pastor. And I went from being the pastor, associate pastor of like 100 person or less churches to being the exec pastor at a 1500 person church, number two in command. And I had no idea what I was doing. And there's uh, some people in the house today who are actually from Road to Life Church. We have the Billings, we have uh, the High Burgers. And, and I want to take, we can give it up for them. And they watched me cut my leader teeth and, and I was gumming and cutting my teeth in Northwest Indiana, learning a little bit more about what it takes to do Big Vision Church. And, and so I want to just take a few minutes. I want to let Scotty Heiberger, Pastor Scott, come down and throw down for like a couple of minutes. And I, and I was going to have him do a transition or whatever, but I'm like, I want this on the podcast. And he was like, you just put me on the spot, bro. I came out here for a vacation. So anyways, without further ado, this is Pastor Scott Heiberger. How we doing, V1? Is somebody excited to be in church this morning or what? You know, I was here at 6 in the morning this morning with the crew, with the team, and, you know, the first thing that I could tell, that I could sense, is I could sense the love of God. As I walked into the parking lot, as I was out there with Pastor Mike and Julie, that they're incredible leaders, and I got to learn so much from them as they were a part of our church for a few years, and it, it was amazing, and, you know, what they what was going on what's going on in indiana right now a movement of god it, it, it's happening here as well you are a move of god you're not waiting for one give yourselves a hand this region is never going to be the same because of what god is going to do through your life through your life and it's something that you know when pastor mike put me on the spot and said you know asked for me to be able to come up here the first thing you know i just prayed and i asked god what what, what do you want me to say and and he brought up to me first corinthians chapter 13 about love he, he he i could just sense his love in this place you know i was out in times square for the very first time yesterday and i seen the craziness of the world okay i wasn't seeing love out there i was seeing crazy and i was seeing people laying out on the streets everywhere and people just kind of walking over them come on somebody right and uh, when, but when I came here, there's something different happening here. That agape love, that selfless love, that unconditional love, that's what's at V1 right now. You're stepping into a whole different atmosphere, a whole different world when you're stepping into this church and a part of this body of believers. And I'm going to read it from the message translation. I just love the way that it speaks. And I know that it's going to bless you. This type of love that I'm talking about that's right here at V1 Church, this is this, God is describing it in his word for all of us. And we're not going to find it out uh, in, in Times Square right now unless you're going to take it out there. Amen? It's a love that never gives up. You walked into these doors today, maybe it's your first time. This love in here is never going to give up on you. This love, that it care, this love cares more for others than for itself. It's a love that doesn't want what it doesn't have. It's a love that doesn't strut. It's a love that it doesn't have a swelled head. It's a love that won't force itself on others. It's a love that's not about me first. It's a love that doesn't keep score of the sins of others. They're not going to keep scores of your sins and the things that you've done that, that, that's brought you here. They're not going to keep score of that. And neither is the Lord. It's a love that doesn't revel and kick back when others grovel. It's a love that takes pleasure 
in the following in the flowering of the truth it's a love that trusts god always it's a love that puts up with anything it's a love that looks for the best it's a love that never looks back but and it's a love that keeps going to the end and it's a love that never fails that God, that God, that agape love, Jesus Christ, it's a love that's never going to fail you. And it's a love that is circulating through your lead pastors, Pastor Mike, Pastor Julian. It's circulating right in here to all of you. It's a love that I just described to you that you're not going to find out there in the world, but you can find it in V1 Church. You're going to find it with these, the, the, these body of believers that's going to love you like you've never been loved that's gonna accept you maybe like you've never been accepted. That's not gonna judge you that maybe that the world's judge you. The love of the world puts a condition on it. The love of the world says, if you do this, I'll love you. If you don't do this, I'm not gonna love you. But the love of God says, I just love you. And your pastors are those people that are gonna love you unconditionally. If somebody believes it in here this morning, somebody shout amen. 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 Let's just give it up for Pastor Scott. Now, you want me to tell you something crazy? I took a risk with that. We're on a super tight schedule for this movie theater. Do you know that that dude just got up here and read the entire scripture text that I have prepared for this message? He, and, and I'm telling you, I was literally going to talk it up. Like, I'm going to read the entire thing to you guys. I don't care. We love the word here. And then Pastor Scott gets up here and spontaneously, or rather led by the Holy Spirit, hello, said, you know what? I'm going to read this whole thing to you. And just, I, I was, wow, I'm blown away. We did that all the time in Indiana, though, didn't we? Some of you guys don't know his story, but Scott actually made the transition from being a prisoner to being one who sets prisoners free. I was able, you know, I had a band and I played music. Many of you guys know that. I got asked to do a large scale event in the Indiana prison system and I came back to Indiana. The synchronicity of it was crazy. Well, anyways, I get in there with my band, but because my band got access to go into this prison, it, they enabled me to bring volunteers. So I said, I'm gonna just play a really crazy move right now. I'm gonna bring in Scott Heiberg who used to be in this same facility. So I brought Scott in with me and then we brought him up for a transition and man, he started to throw down and he said, I was in here, I was wearing your clothes, I was in those shackles and now I'm free on the other side and you can be free on the inside. And that place just went up for grabs, man. We've had a lot of glory runs, me and uh, Pastor Scott. And so I love the fact that he just got up here and straight read my notes without knowing they were my notes. But you know that when you read the New Testament, there wasn't a New Testament, right? And they were dependent on the Holy Spirit. And I love that we've got a people who cherish scripture. We cherish the word of God, but we still know that the Lord is speaking. Amen. Man, this, this service is so special. Well, I'm just going to go ahead and jump into it because time's ticking. We're going to load this theater out like fiends as soon as this thing's out. So I'm just going to blaze through and we're going to try to do whatever we can to get back the time. And you guys can listen via the podcast. I'm so excited about meetups as well. And I want you guys to sign up after church for those. But uh, now that he just stole my th thunder, we're going to just keep going. So Galatians chapter 5 verse 6 says this. It says the only thing that matters is faith expressing itself through love. And so if I were to ask you in your seat right now, what is the most important thing to God? What's he most concerned about? What is the thing that God cares most about? 
Some of you guys might be, well, I think he's really concerned about this message that Pastor Mike's going to preach. Or I think he really is concerned with worship and how well they can play those instruments. And those might be good answers. But the true answer, according to scripture, is that the thing that he is most concerned about is love. And it's a faith that produces love. And let me just tell you this, your friends who are not here right now, they don't have a problem with love. They've got a problem with faith that doesn't produce love. Amen? Is that okay? In this church, when I, when I throw out the truth shanks, we started this thing where people will volley it up to the person next to them and say, well, and so if, if something gets thrown out there that you're like, man, that's hitting pretty hard, you can always just alley-oop it to the person next to you with a quick, well, <laughs> Long Island doesn't have a problem with church. You know, there's a lot of people who might think otherwise, but they've got a problem with a faith that doesn't produce true love. And what I love about this church is that you all have captured a picture of the cross and what it looks like to lay your life down. And it's amazing. I was at Starbucks the other day. We got this Starbucks conveniently located, AKA the V1 corporate headquarters. You know what I'm saying? We're definitely in that phase where every meeting's happening at the Starbucks and the private ones we do outside of it. And I don't know what we're gonna do when the winter hits, but I met this guy who was a recently converted Jew and he's now a Christian, he's walking out to faith, and he said, you know, it's incredible that you're a pastor. He's like, I don't know how you love the unlovables. It's just amazing, you know, even just seeing you in these different meetings and seeing how you love people is amazing. And I said, man, I got really bad news for you then because it's not my job to love everyone as a pastor. It's your job to, lo job to love everyone as a Christian. So nobody's getting out of it in this place. All of us have to love. We're gonna talk about what is love today. Anyone else hearing the song in their head? <laughs> I had probably like 130 or 140 comments on Facebook where everyone was chiming in about uh, what is love. And, and as they were kind of chiming in on it, we had some tremendous answers, some really good philosophical answers. But I really care a little bit more about what the Bible says love is. And Scotty Heiberger just already went there. I was going to read it in the NIV because we're, you know, the message is a little new school. I didn't want to uh, scare off the religious folks in the place. I almost read King James Version for you guys because um, you stop you stop feeling the love when we read the message. But if a speaker wants to get your attention, they use repetition. And when you actually take a look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, there's this repetition. God is basically saying the same thing five different ways. And, and, and see, I, I feel like it was necessary because love had been hijacked in that culture where you had high priestesses making love a synonym for sex, making love a synonym for lust. Does that sound familiar here on Long Island? Love becomes a synonym even for like. I love pizza. Well, I like pizza. You might even be in love with pizza. It's a little weird, but, but we've hijacked that word. Basically, what scripture is saying that is that if you don't live a life of love as defined by the word of God, nothing else truly matters. And my question to you today is, are you living that life of love? Has that love just invaded your heart? You know, it's funny because when you take a look at that scripture, it says that if you're speaking without love, you're like a resounding gong, you're a clanging cymbal, you're just making noise. And I talk to people all the time out here who are like, Pastor Mike, I love to get the microphone. I love to speak in, in front of groups of people. And my question of all time is, but do you actually love the people you're speaking to? It's one thing to love to talk or to love to be heard, but do you actually love the people you're talking to? 
And I've met a lot of people who love to talk and they love to be heard and they love the microphone. But very few people who love the people they're talking to. And that's God's definition, God's prerequisite to be a preacher. So if you're in the audience and you're like, I think I could do what Pastor Mike can do. You know what? You could probably do better. But God's standard for your performance will not be your eloquence. It'll be your love. Can I get an amen? Number two is this. If you don't live a life of love, then nothing you know even, even matters. Look at verse two. You may be a Mensa member like Evan's mom. You may be incredibly intelligent, have a doctorate or a master's in business like my wife does. You might be an intellectual juggernaut, but if you don't have love, what you know doesn't matter. For those of you who are taking notes, number three is this. If you don't live a life of love, then nothing you even believe matters. Now, this is controversial, okay? This might shock some of you guys. But let me read 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 2. It says, it takes more than even faith to please God. And so it, it takes faith that results in loving others. Religion without love doesn't matter. You're just going through the motions. Maybe you were raised in a home by parents who just went through the motions and from the outside looking in, it looked like a marriage because they did all the rituals of a marriage. They did all the routines of a marriage. But behind the scenes, they were just going through the motions. We've got a lot of people who show up, a lot of religious folks, but guess what? According to God's scripture, and this should liberate some of you, religion without love doesn't matter. First John chapter four, verse eight, and we're blazing through again. We actually have V1 notebooks. And so if you, if you want one, I think we got some left. You guys pillage, by the way. I bought Bibles. They're gone instantly. Notebooks gone. Somebody actually purchased for the church these little like uh, wallet holders gone. I think we got some more of those. But write this down. First John chapter four, verse eight says, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. You know, people might have great knowledge of the Bible. They might be able to flip it on you 15 different directions and show you the Greek and the Hebrew and the Aramaic and the historical context, but they don't know how to love. And they missed it. They missed it. Have you met those people before who will take you to school, but they won't take you to dinner? Well, <laughs> first John 420, and this is the real 420 for my recently converted hippies in the room. We are in Woodstock territory. This is first John 420. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God who they have not seen. It's pretty clear. If you don't live a life of love, then nothing that you believe matters. It says this, nothing I give will matter. We say every week I give to love and I love to give. You know, there's a lot of people who love to be seen giving. It's funny because even when Tom started as a company, they started to do some research and, and, and they actually were able to see that millennials were more concerned that it looked like they were doing something of significance and something charitable by buying Tom's than actually providing shoes for the people Tom's provided the shoes for. Isn't that messed up? I'd rather you see me give because that does something to my ego. But nothing, if you look at verse three, nothing I give will matter unless I give with love. If I had gave everything to the poor, but it can be a selfish giving, you know? Some people give for prestige. Some people give out of a guilty conscience. 
They give because somebody passed away who used to love God and they don't love God. And they say, you know what? I just want to give to the church because I feel guilty that I'm not walking it out like mom used to. And God's dealing with the motive of your heart. This is the standard by which he truly is looking at you and examining. It says this, nothing I accomplish will matter. You can rack up a ton of personal achievements. I will print you certificates here if that's what you need. I'll bring you a medal every single week, a 36 place ribbon if that's what you need so that you can be validated in your identity. But guess what? If that's why you're doing it, it doesn't even matter. And so let me just summarize this for you. You can have the eloquence of an order. You can have the knowledge of a genius. You can have the faith of a miracle worker. You can have the generosity of a philanthropist and the achievements of a rock star. But if you don't have the love of God in your heart, you have done nothing, 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 nothing. And guess whose legacy wins in the end? The one who loves. You know, did, did Pastor Mike always nail and preach the best message ever? No, I, I heard him trip up. Did Julie ever hit all those notes perfectly? No, but man, I'd never been loved like that before. Those people went into the trenches for me. That's the legacy. Why will you get fought if you say your mom in the hood? Go to somebody in the hood today and look at them in their eyes and say your mom and see what happens. You Nobody laugh because you ain't from the hood. You ain't from where I'm from. You didn't think there were hoods in Indiana, did you? See, moms love you with a sort of unconditional love. They love you even when you're ugly. <laughs> they love you even when you don't perform. There's some, something about an unconditional love that a mom will give you. And so when you go into the hood and you say, yo, mama, you're touching this place of unconditional love and see what happens to you. Go there and say, yo, daddy, and see what happens. Absolutely nothing. We're like, you got one? I don't have one. You have one? Somebody's crying and somebody's laughing all at the same time. <laughs> Is it altar call? But here's the thing. There's something about the love of a mother that transcends. It's just, it's just, it's the closest thing that we can conceptualize next to the love of God. And people, grown men with tattoos will fight you for saying the phrase, yo mama, because they understand that there's something about that love. There's something about the legacy of a mother. And, and I think in a certain sense, every single person in here, whenever you need a reference point for what it looks like to love in the way that we see in scripture, you've got to ask yourself the question, am I loving like a mother? Well, am I loving like somebody who says, you're mine on a DNA level? You're mine on a DNA level. That's something that we can learn about the prodigal son as he came running back and had the ring placed on his finger and, and had the cloak and the robe placed on him and they started to crank that party up before he had even necessarily repented. He had just turned around and started walking back home. He could have been walking back home to cuss his dad out because everything didn't work out right. But he was actually coming home and while he was yet far away, the dad said, that's my DNA. And nothing can change who they are. And so here's the thing about it, man. If you call yourself a Christian and you've been bought by the blood of Jesus on a DNA level, even when you make mistakes, God is still saying, you can't change your name, your mind. My kids, nothing they can do can change them on a DNA level. They are mine. You can have that Insta fame. 
through Instagram. You can have all the likes on Facebook, but if you don't have love, you missed it. And I'm so thankful for a church that's better together. I waited probably the last 24 hours to say this because something was stirring in my heart. But for those of you who've been going through a long, lonely season, God's not giving you permission to do that anymore. For those of you who have retreated into caves, for those of you who have retreated into isolation, for those of you who have retreated into those spaces in life that are reserved only for depression and fear and anxiety, God's sending some people after you. You're not allowed to stay in there anymore and expect the unexpected. Expect the unexpected. God is not going to give you permission to say what can and can't happen anymore. And some of you haven't even passed your test, but you're getting ready to be blessed like you passed your test just so he can prove to you that he's God and you're not. And you don't have permission to say, well, this is just the way New York is. Nope, not no more. This is just what it's like going to church. Well, not at this church. This is what it's like in a marriage. I'm always going to have to be married like this. Not, nope, not no more. Hashtag refresh. God wants to raise your level of expectation. God wants you to take, take you to a place today where that love becomes a buoyancy in your life that causes you to rise up out of all those ashes and a buoyancy that causes you to rise up out of all that turmoil of your past. Because there are people every week here in this house getting free. Getting free. Our dream team meetings in the morning are turning into our first service. I thought only old people, the geriatric community only wakes up that early and has church. <laughs> and we're having this first service almost because people are so fired about, up about the freedom that they have. So let me just quickly give you guys four definitions of love. What is love? What is love? You know you want to do it. What is love? <laughs> First, the Bible says that love is a command. You can write this down. It means that it's not even optional for you. It's actually a sin to not love. According to John chapter 13, verse 34, it says, a new command I give you. He gave it to you. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. You have to. You have to. When your friends who don't get the program that you're on right now say, why do you keep loving that person? Say, I have to. Why do you keep persisting with that person? Why do you refuse to gossip about those people at V1? Because their lives are just giving themselves to so much good gossip. You know what I'm saying? Some people are begging to be gossiped about because that's some juicy stuff. Why do you refuse to dishonor them? Why do you refuse to tear them down? Because I have to love them. I don't have a choice. Love is a command. Everyone say it's a command. Number two, love is a choice. I'll never forget trying to make Julie choose to love me. Julie, why won't you love me? <laughs> First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1 says, Go after a life of love as if your life depended on it, because it does. Go after it. Chase it down. Choose love. It's a choice. The reason why it's a command and the reason why it's a choice is because, have you ever tried to tell your kids, for those of your parents, be happy? I'm trying to be happy. Right? Or you have friends? Come on, be happy. I'm trying to. You can't do that. But God had to orchestrate and, and create love in such a way that he reserved the right to make it a command so that he can tell you you have to do it and it was possible to turn it on and do it. Does that make sense? 
Does that make sense? No, you lied. You all lied. Because in culture, love is a feeling. And when I looked at Julie, I don't think I felt love the first time. I definitely felt lust. Well, (laughs) lust is a feeling. But love is a choice that produces a feeling. Let me say that again for the podcast. <laughs> love <laughs> is a choice that produces a feeling. I tell them, you know what? Let me just skip like the first three sessions of marriage counseling with you. Choose love. It's a choice. But I don't feel like it. They gained a whole bunch of weight after the pregnancy. Well, guess what? You gained the weight because they're you. You're one. That's your body. Come on now. Well, but, but he has all these problems, these issues. You mean the same ones that Jesus forgave you for and the cross was enough for you so the cross can be enough for him too? Come on. Come on. It's a choice. I got to keep going. The theater's going to come in here and handcuff me and walk me out. <laughs> we have to show the Tupac movie. Get out. Number three, love is a conduct. First John chapter three, verse 18. My dear children, let's not just talk about love. Let's practice real love. Say real. real. This is the only way that we'll know we're, li- we're truly living, living in God's reality. It's also the way to shut down debilitating self-criticism. Somebody needed that. Take that pill. Even when there is something to it. Wow. Number four, love is a commitment. First John chapter four, verse 16. God is love. If we keep on loving others, we will stay one in our hearts with God and he will stay one with us. If you can try to make the choice that produces a feeling and then connect that to unyielding commitment, then your heart will stay in sync with God's heart and you will go all the way to your destiny. And some of you in this place have been feeling a stirring in your heart. Why don't you just stand your feet with me now as we kind of wrap this thing up. Maybe you know a little bit more about what it means to love. Maybe you know a little bit more about what it means to be better together. But you know, I live in Ridgewood, Queens, and I do a reverse commute out here on Sunday mornings. And how many of you know that people in the city when they're driving simply do not look? Right? They, it's a faith-based driving experience in New York City. Faith, just pure faith. I've been to Latin America. I thought that was crazy. And then I moved to New York and I'm like, whoa, these people understand faith. And do you know that the other day I came, I pulled up in, into the, I got this awesome parking spot across the street from our apartment building. And as I pulled up, my sister Mallory was babysitting our two kids, Everly and, and Bella, and Everly's only three years old, and just like this, Everly just darted out into the street. I mean, it happened so fast. It happened so fast, it wouldn't have been Mallory's fault. Just hear me, okay? You know, this things happen, am I right? And it happened so quick, and then all of a sudden, Bella came running out after her to try to help. And, and right through the side window, I almost watched my entire life change times two. That's a scary moment for a parent. Maybe there's a parent here who has actually experienced loss. And I don't know what that's like, but I know for a fraction of a second, I felt a terror enter my being that I have never felt before. As I watched my three-year-old go into New York City, 
traffic. And, and you know what? She narrowly missed it. Nothing happened. It was fine. I yelled at her so bad. You know, you ever yell at someone out of fear? Once you realize that they have survived and you have survived, you're like, now I will kill you with my words. Now you will die by words. And I looked at Everly and I'm like, don't you ever do that. And she started just crying and she started weeping. She was like, <laughs> she's three years old. She has no idea what she's even done, that she just jeopardized her entire life. She has no idea. And for the and, and then that night, we went on a date night and we were hanging out in Williamsburg. And all of a sudden, this guy, we started talking to him and he was like, man, you know, I'm dealing with something. And he's like, it's been hard for me to process. The other day, a kid ran into the street and I watched the kid get hit by a car. And the, and the impact was so hard that the shoes actually, the kid got like hit out of their shoes. And as he began to say that, I felt that fear again. I was like, oh God, thank you. Thank you for my children. Because in a moment, it all can be gone. If you're here right now, this is what I want to leave you with because I want you to be this kind of church. Do you know that I held my daughters the closest I ever held them that night? Do you know that I have not missed a moment since that day happened a couple days ago to just relish and cherish everything that's happening and transpiring in their life? And what I want to leave you with today is it's not too late to love. It's not too late. Do you hear me? It's not too late to love. If you're not dead, you're not done. There's somebody. Now listen, every single week I counsel people who say, if my dad told me he was proud of me right now, it would wreck me and change my life forever. I just need the approval of my dad. If you're a father in this room right now, I need you to take your phone out and start texting your kids who are here. I'm proud of you. I'm sorry. I love you. Do it right now. Make a holy moment. You're not done. I need us to be the kind of church who understands the difference between finite and infinite. And every single fleshly body you see in this place is finite. And your time here is finite. And when I talk about love and scripture talks about love, it's basically saying shift your focus and understand that there are things that last forever and things that don't. And so what I want us to do is to be the kind of church that looks people in the eyes and say, we're on a journey together and it's not too late for me to show love. Some of you need to reconcile marriages and look at your husband, look at your wife in their eyes and say, it's not too late in love. On behalf of every single person who's loved and, and lost, they're still here. It's not over. And I want to be the kind of church that believes until the bitter end. Can we be that kind of church? Here's what I want to do. I just want everyone to close their eyes in this place. The Holy Spirit's stirring in your hearts. Come on. As you have your eyes closed, I believe that right now that you're starting to get names. You're starting to get opportunities. There's coworkers that you've been blowing off who are suicidal and they need the love of God. And you're going to be the person who breaks that cycle of depression and suicide in their life as you activate the love of the kingdom of heaven here on Long Island, here in New York City, here in this region. There's As your eyes are closed, there's relationships in your life through your family that you're saying, we are better together despite the past despite all the guile, despite all the bitterness, despite all the hateful words. And we can be restored because the cross is enough. Thank you for listening. Your experience doesn't have to end with this message. Visit us online at v1.church and send us a message. If you would like to help V1 reach New York and beyond, download the V1 Church app for iPhone and Android and click give. 
Join us this Sunday for our weekend celebration. Directions and info can be found on our website.